Don Luca Smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver Billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer Put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game And I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren, amidst... What is up, guys? ...intro music. Yes, sir. ...to us by at Maverick903 on Twitter. He hit us up today, and, you know, we were kind of lacking a good intro. We were just using that anchor um, sort of, like, like, the sample one that we were using for, you know, our first pods here, but now we got a really good intro. Go check out his stuff on uh, YouTube. He's going to be Maverick903 there. He has some good content and music he's creating over there. And uh, he told us he's he's hoping to perform at halftime for one of these Mavs games. Um, his song, Luke of the Dawn, uh, we have the beginning of that song here. That's going to be our new intro. So we hope his dreams and aspirations come true. That is what's up. We love seeing it. Um, and we love that now we actually have a legitimate intro. Yes, sir. That's fun. Yes, it is. Um, also, today, we are going to be getting into Western Conference standing predictions. So, where potentially is the peak of this Mavericks team? Where would they place? And, like, at the lowest point, the floor of this Mavericks team, where would they place in the Western Conference standings? And me and Jaron are going to be comparing lists. And then, at the end, we're going to get into some most likely two questions with players from the Mavericks roster. Just a little fun, lighthearted thing. Um, the dog days of the offseason are really catching up to, uh, up to us over here at Mainstream Mavs. We are um, scratching the nail and, or I guess, biting off the nail for every last little bit of content. Um, would you agree with that, Jaren? Uh, it's it's getting far and few in content days, but we're figuring it out and we're we're going we're getting through it. Yes, um, I've kind of just accepted the fate that nobody's going to get traded at this point. But you know, time does move on. Even if nothing happens, the NBA season will be here before we know it. Schedule's and dropping. We'll be here. We'll be here. Weeks. We will be here. And we will be here three to four days a week, mildly consistently, like we have been doing. And we're going to even get more consistent as the season begins. And we're going to pine more for four to five times a week. So you guys stick with us. But before, we have an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, Jaron. So getting into it. So. We're just going to go straight from the top down, I guess, here. Actually, no. Let's go from the bottom up. I think that would make it more intriguing. Um, ranking all the teams in the Western Conference. So, first of all, um, we obviously have different lists, and we're going to be comparing them. We, we don't know each other's lists. We don't just know each other's list. So, um, who do you have at number 15? Yeah, okay. So, this team last year made the last spot in the plan. Uh, they won 34 games, and this year I don't see them winning more than 20. They're, of course, taking for Victor Wimbanyama, and that's the San Antonio Spurs, in my opinion. Yeah, no, easy grab there. I mean, I, their best player is Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson's good, but I, I feel like that kind of just tells all, the whole story right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in my opinion, I kind of did this list based off projections. So... <laughs> I have a couple – not everything will be, like, 
like as strictly like as it currently stands because I think a few things are like will definitely happen before training camp. So no, yeah, yeah. Mitchell getting traded. But I did make um, besides that, I made it basically how every other roster is currently constructed. Okay, like mine. I mean, I did it with the intent that Donovan Mitchell is still in Utah. Oh, okay. uh, but I think it's still pretty interchangeable. I think this team could end up in the same spot that they do. Yeah, no, that, that is a good point. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, um, I put the Jazz at 14th because this was a okay. assumption that Donovan Mitchell would get traded to New York. Um, who do you have at number 14? Yeah, last year they finished dead last in the West. I have Houston in my 14th spot. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's actually who I have at number 13. Yeah, uh, so Rockets. I, I think they'll I think they'll make some slight marginal improvements. I think Tari Eason coming in with Jalen Green, obviously Jabari Smith Jr. I mean, they I feel like them along with OKC, their young guys will both take a little bit of a step. And I think either of those teams could etch closer to the play on uh closer to the play in that is. Yeah, yeah. Just kind so, of depending on how they how much of a step they take. No, I, I completely agree. I have I guess another younger team going a little farther. Um, but yeah, my, with my 13th spot, I took Utah. I just think this whole Donovan Mitchell situation, even if they don't trade Donovan Mitchell, I doubt that team really improves or finishes inside the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that they're a bad team. I just think that there's too many distractions to play basketball with. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, especially because I feel like at this point, with the situation, if it boils over into training camp, I feel like, because he never formally requested a trade, I feel like he would kind of just feel neglected by the organization at this point. I mean, exactly. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, he could be like, oh, hey, everything's cool now. Had a talk with their new head coach. Um, what is his name? Like Will Hardy, something like that. Yeah, I think it's Will Hardy. Yeah. And just things are going swimmingly. You know, he's excited for the future, but I don't think he's the type that wants to wait through another rebuild. So um, that's just my personal opinion. I think he definitely has gone before the season. Obviously, Kevin Durant, that's a way bigger wild card. I have no clue when he's going to get traded, but Donovan Mitchell, I almost think is a certainty on some front that he'll get moved before the beginning of the season. I completely agree with everything you just said. So who do you have at number 12? So, uh, okay, really from – here on down, it was really difficult Um, because I could see this team, if all goes right, getting in the play-in, but I just think they're too young. I have Oklahoma City at 12. That's exactly what I had as well. If everything goes right and Chet is, like, really the real deal, I think they honestly could make a run at the play-in. Like, I think SGA yeah. is that good. I think a lot of people undersell him as this sort of, like – you know, fringe all-star sort of dude. But, like, on a winning team, I feel like that guy's, like, a definite all-star. Like, he has shown a lot, especially last regular season. Um, I think if some of their young players really hit, um, they built they built some continuity with SGA and Lou, Do- Lou Dort and some other other guys. I think they have a chance to make a run at the play-in, which would be very entertaining. But um, No, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not going to – I wouldn't count on it, Is I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so I think I think from 12 to 10, which is like fighting for that playing spot to playing spot, I think that those three teams that I have there are 
realistically, I think that they could be within three or four games of each other from 10 to 12. Uh, maybe yeah. even nine if you want to add that. Yeah, uh, no, I, I definitely agree. These It seems like this year's standing race just all around throughout this whole conference is going to be tight as nails, like really comparable to like that um, 2014-15 standing where there was like seven teams with 50 win seasons. I could honestly see that this year. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so who did you have at number 11? So, okay, I really like um, – it, it's weird to say this. I like the roster – um, but once again, Sacramento misses out on the playoffs mm-hmm. at 11. Yep. No, that's exactly who I had as well. I think they made a few good moves, you know, bringing in Kevin Herter during the off season, um, drafting Keegan Murray was huge. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, I guess just the Kings playoff drought. It is just, you know, indoctrinated into me, just incompetence in terms of them making the playoffs until they, they prove otherwise because, I mean, I don't think they did anything to get, like, significantly better, but they had some really good moves this offseason that actually seemed smart for one. So I'm really intrigued to see where they end up. Um, I'd like to see them and get in the play-in personally. I, you know, just a lot of Mavs fans have some ill will towards Sacramento, you know, call them dumb for not taking Luka, which, I mean, they yeah. are, but, like, I don't have anything against the Kings in general. No, no. I, yeah, I hope <laughs> it'd be cool to see them get a – um get into the playoffs so they don't get expedited to another city. So <laughs> like, let me preface uh, Sacramento won 30 games last year. I think that they win more. I just don't think it's enough to get into the plan. I a hundred percent agree with that. So who do you have at number 10? Yeah. So getting into the plan, I have the Portland trailblazers. That's exactly who I have too. That's like three in a row that we've had the exact same. We've literally had the exact same list so far if you just swap utah and houston yeah exactly no, I, I think i think from here on out it could get a little bumpy but yeah i know here's that i feel like that's where we're um definitely gonna have some disagreements up through here but um these bottom five i feel like are kind of um pretty easy to iron out in whatever order that you put them in yeah i think um obviously the blazers got jeremy grant this offseason Huge improvement, yeah. No, yeah, they did some different things. I still don't think that they took that next step whatsoever. And I don't really see, like, what they did to build around Dame that's going to really move the needle for them, especially after trading CJ. But, I mean, I feel like if Dame's healthy, they're going to be in the conversation for the playoffs. I could see them getting anywhere 8 through 10, to be honest with you. No, yeah, like, I could see them making the playoffs. Either way, I think this team – is that that 11 spot at their floor or they're in the plan? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think at their ceiling, they make like the eighth, eighth seed maybe. Yeah. Who do you have at number nine? So, uh, like, I mean, this is kind of a toss-up. I just think that there's too many questions going into the offseason. I have the Lakers at number nine. I do as well. I have. <laughs> okay. this, is right. not, this is not scripted. We are just, this is the first time we're reading this list off to each other. <laughs> And I put the Lakers at number nine for the simple fact that I just don't think, like, I don't know. For some reason, I have confidence that AD is going to have a healthy season this year. I do, yeah. Yeah, like, finally, I just think that he finally gets some positive regression in that sense where he's going to step in and actually be able to play a solid role. But, like, just outside of him and LeBron, they literally have nobody. 
like their starting lineup is like like Austin Reeves is like a projected starter on like um some tweet I saw the other day that was like forecasting their starting lineup. I mean they're counting on like guys like Damian Jones and Taylor Horton Tucker and Juan Toscano Anderson to come in and be like key role players on, you know, two centerpieces who, you know, ideally would have a championship team around them, you know, at and after 2020, after losing all their, you know, coveted um, veterans, a lot of some of them retired, some of them just moved on. I mean, like they definitely kind of been lost and they're, I mean, they're financially like in a complete stranglehold with those, with that LeBron and AD contract. So, yeah, like I mean, I and and obviously with Russell. So I mean, seeing what happens with him before the season is fascinating. But I, I don't know if he gets moved or what. But I just honestly think it's funny. But I don't know. I th- I think AD at least stays healthy enough for them to make the play in this year and takes a little bit of the load off LeBron. But I think their roster is just too horrendous to go anything above nine. I agree. Yeah. Who do you have at number eight? Uh, okay, this is a team that, like, I want them to go farther. I just – they're just missing – although the, with their progression, they really could go farther. I just think that they're missing one piece. Uh, I have the New Orleans Pelicans at eight. That's too hard, but at eight as well. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I put the Pelicans at eight. Um, I think if Zion plays like he was playing pre-injury – they have a chance to shoot up, like, honestly, as high as, like, four or five, just really I, depending yeah. on how the, the season shakes out for them. There's a lot of flexibility in terms of where they could pan out, um, especially with how Brandon Ingram was playing last year. CJ McCollum was playing salt, really good basketball to end the year. I mean, they got some really, like, long-rangey defenders. They got Herb Jones. Um, Valanchunas has been a great – um upgrade over steven adams for them i mean they just have a really like well-rounded team and you know a couple years ago they were strictly like one of the best offensive teams in the league but were terrible at defense i think that they've addressed that a little bit with some of their moves you know having larry nance jr herb jones on the wing um you know they've done some things in the recent months you know especially with that cj mccollum trade to give me confidence if zion's coming back 100 percent healthy um that they could really make some noise. The only reason I have them at eight is just because the West is so deep right now. Exactly. And Zion's in- injury questions still prevail and how he's going to be able to – how healthy he's going to be, and that's the only reason I put them that low. Yeah, like I think I think realistically New Orleans, like you mentioned earlier, I think that's a team that could jump up to five or four if they, ha- if they all have a healthy season. Um because that's a really good team. It's just the West is so deep this yeah, year. They are. And I mean, they are really deep roster wise too. So yeah, yeah. I think it's just a matter of Zion's health, depending on what their ceiling is. Um, who do you have at number seven? Yeah. Okay. Like I think these next three or four teams are kind of interchangeable. Um, but with their last playing spot, I just think that this team gave up too much for what they got, and I have Minnesota Timberwolves at seven. Wow. Okay, that's our first, like, big difference. Um, okay. I would defer on that because I think that with some of the signings they had in free agency, like Kyle Anderson and them still retaining Jaden McDaniels, I think that that is a squad right there. 
and they See? still have like a solid like nine nine man rotation that you know if one of the if a couple of their guys in their rotation got hurt that's a different story but and that's what i think like i don't i hate to say this but i think that they are going to have an injury looming season i don't think it'll necessarily put their season on hot because i think that they make a big stir up come playoff time um i just i think regular season i think that they're kind of injury prone yeah and i also think like the way anthony edwards was playing to and the season last year is really encouraging, and I think he can. I mean, he's only twenty-one. I think he's really going to just take an insane leap this year. I'm, I'm kind of projecting on that one a little bit, but at the same time, I don't know if he'll be allotted that opportunity with the amount of hands that they have to feed over there with D'Lo, him, Cat, and Gobert. You know, I mean, not Gobert really getting touches to like go score, but like you know, he is going to be a threat in the pick and roll game. So like, they have a lot of mouths to feed over there in terms of being able to get, you know, all these star players the ball. But I think if Anthony Edwards can become assertive and he can become the alpha on that team, I, I think they're really scary. Yeah. Who, okay. Who do you have at seven? I put the Grizzlies at seven. Okay. Right. I really, like, envision them. I, I was debating between them and the team at number six that I put very um, intently. But I went with the Grizzlies just because um, – Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injury, I think that's going to carry over into the season. And they, you know, they trade away DeAnthony Melton, just made some like, you know, they've done this in like years prior where they make these like sort of like take a step back to take a step forward moves, but they actually end up taking a step forward. So I wouldn't put it past that they could still be good. But I don't know. I just don't really feel like they did enough this offseason in a West that has been really progressive and trying to get better this offseason. So that's the only reason I put them at um, seven and obviously with the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury. But, you know, if things were to go well for them, I could definitely see them getting up back to like four or three just to, you know, the way they played last year. Yeah. So, well, I guess like I'll get into Memphis later, so I won't talk about it now. But I think that that's a team I think that definitely took a dip in comparison to this recent this past recent year. Um. But, yeah, I mean, that's a team that could go anywhere from eight to three, depending yeah. on their health. No, I completely agree. I don't know. I have a – I kind of have a gut feeling we might have the, the same number six. Who do you have at number six? I have the Dallas Mavericks. Yep, as do I. Um, <laughs> I put the Mavericks at six because, you know, we've mentioned this countless times on this pod, even though we only do have, like, 20 episodes. But uh, So it kind of sounds weird to say. But we have said this a ton over this offseason that, you know, the ceiling of this team is going to be, you know, if the Mavericks can unlock Christian Wood's potential yeah, um, in the offense with Luka Doncic and, you know, him coming along defensively, that could boost the Mavericks as high to, you know, maybe the fifth or fourth seed for me. But I don't have the Ma- – I'm not confident the Mavericks are going to really be anywhere higher than six right now especially if they don't address getting another ball handler and potentially another backup wing. I have no – I just don't have a lot of confidence that, the, confidence that they can get higher than six. And as, as much – with as much moves as uh, some of these other teams in the West did this year. Um, because, I mean, they lost Jalen Brunson. And while I – you know, and Dinwiddie, you know, is the floor of this team, if he doesn't do good at all, the Mavs could really slide this year in the standings. 
no, I completely agree. I think, I think, because uh, we 52 wins last year, I think this team could finish similar in the win category. Uh, I think that they take a little dip, but I think that they could finish pretty similar. Um, it's just the West is so deep this year that I think they're going to finish at six. Um, and that's yeah. currently constructed. I mean, my confidence would be a little higher, and I may be a little more of a homer if they were to make another really good move like you know with a lot of these teams we're still waiting for the donovan mitchell fallout exactly yeah and to see how that pans out but as currently constructed i would definitely um i would not put the mouse higher than six like i mean i debated putting them at seven between the grizzlies that was like a real debate for me um i just with some of the moves the grizzlies made that they just didn't really do anything for their offseason whereas the mavs at least got a guy in christian wood who has potential to unlock something new on their team so Yep, that's why I have the Dallas Mavericks at six. Who do you have at number five? At number five, uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, I, I get the play to put them that high. We've already talked about that. That makes sense. At number five, I have the Denver Nuggets. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, I just think the teams right above them, I could – Really, I could probably change them with three or four. I definitely wouldn't put them above the top two teams. Um, but I think they had a great off season. You know, they ate, they tended to their needs really well. Um, I just and you know, with, especially with Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back. I mean, this is a. I mean, I'm not going to say that this is not a dangerous squad. Like they could really get up there in the standings this year, in my opinion. I just thought the other four teams, just as currently constructed, have better rosters than them. That's not to say, though, that um, they couldn't jump above them. Like, I could easily see them being three or four. No, yeah. I Okay, personally, I'm really high on Denver. I think the five spot is a floor for them, and that's, that's injury-prone season, which I don't see happening. Um, but, yeah, like, I think five spot is a floor oh, for wow. them. That is that is um really high hopes for them, but I mean I understand it. Um, I just don't think they have. My only hesitancy is I just don't know. Like even as good as Murray and Porter Jr. are, I still f- don't feel like they have that number two next to Jokic, like that um dignified like number two, second best player on the team. And I think I I don't know that could just be, you know me sort of just making stuff up but I don't know I it just I feel like the role players that they have surrounding Jokic can only get them so far come playoff time but I mean regular season wise I could definitely see them jumping up to um three or four but I really like what they did this offseason yeah okay so who do you have at number four I have this team takes a huge step back in my opinion, they're still really good and they're still going to make, I think, some loud moves in terms of the playoffs. But I just think the locker room got too shook up and that's the Phoenix Suns. Okay. No, I can see that. Um, I personally had the Timberwolves at number four for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. But yeah. no, I mean, I think that's a really fair placement for the Suns. Um, I feel like you know, the Denver and the Suns and the Timberwolves for me at least are all interchangeable in terms of where I could, you know, you could talk me into projecting them. But 
yeah, I mean, the Suns really just didn't do much this offseason. They got, like, Josh Akogi. They obviously got our boy Dwayne Washington Jr., um, which was, you know, I think a lot of Mavs fans uh, harshly went at the team for that. Um, One could even say they overreacted just a little bit. but As we do. Yeah, as we do, too. But, you know, it is kind of frustrating given the Mavs' current state that, you know, nothing's happening. They're just essentially playing the waiting game. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is just a two-way spot. So I don't want to get up in arms about it. But, yeah, I just don't know if the Suns really did much. And, you know, with the whole Aiton thing still kind of pending, who knows if he's going to still want to play there by the trade deadline. I think that's a really fair placement for them. Yeah, and with your placement with Minnesota at four, I like that placement. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think that that really – I think four is probably their ceiling. Um, I Like me personally, the reason why they have them at seven is just because I'm projecting injuries. Um, now, if that doesn't happen, I think that that team easily takes that four spot. So, like, what makes you, like, project injuries? Like, how do you – are you just, like, a future caster? Or... I, I'm a future caster right now, yes. Or are you just, like, saying that? You don't feel like their rotation is deep enough. To, no, it's not even like withstand injuries. It's not even that they're deep enough because they're they have a good roster. Um, you know, I just think Gobert takes. I think I just don't think he's as much. He's he's not the player that they're getting. I don't think or that they want. They think they're getting. Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns maybe takes a little step back because he's getting some. Uh, he's never been. I don't even know if you'd call him a four, but he's never been a four. Yeah. Um, and then I think Anthony Edwards, I'm really high on Anthony Edwards, and I think he takes a huge step forward. I think he's the the man of the team, uh, finally. And then D'Angelo Russell, we just – or uh, D'Lo, we just didn't see consistency enough, and I, I think that we see that again. And I think that he's the guy out if they are going to make a trade by trade deadline. No, 100%. That, that's a given almost, I feel like. I just feel like, I don't know, I think Rudy cleans up for almost all of Carl's defensive mishaps. Yeah, a yeah. big drawing point for me, putting them that high. Um, I mean, for you, I guess all the reasons that you said that they shouldn't be that high, like to the opposite – like the opposite points in terms of like how it could go right is the reason I put them that high. But those are some good points. Um. So, who do you have at number three? At number three, I have the Denver Nuggets. At number three, I put the Suns. But after hearing you out, that really makes me want to put them at like honestly, just swap them with Denver. Just like go Denver at four, probably maybe like Minnesota at five. I don't know. Like go Suns at five. Like keep Minnesota at four, but Denver at three. You did really talk me into Denver. I can't even lie. <laughs> um. Uh, maybe put the Timberwolves at three, Denver at four, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I still think that the consistency um, will carry over despite the chemistry issues. I mean, they still have a really, really good roster. And um, I mean, I, I think they'll be a good regular season team again, but I just, I could easily see them getting upset in the first round of the playoffs or something of that nature. But I think they really? do have a really good regular season team again. Okay, like I, I think it's more the opposite. I think that they get off to a rocky start. They start to figure some stuff out. Uh, and then as the playoffs goes on, I think that they – I don't think they make it necessarily to the Western Conference Finals, but I think that they knock off a pretty big team. That's what I think. 
Does DeAndre Ayton get traded by the trade deadline? Yes or no? No explanation. No explanation? Yeah. Um, If they're at four, no. Okay, they're four or higher. Gotcha. All right, who do you have at number two? Uh, I think this might surprise some people, but I have Golden State at number two. That's what I have as well. Okay. I see a lot of people. No, yeah. I I put Golden State at number two because – you know, I feel like when I'm doing a standings ranking, I have to give the defending champs their their respect, especially if they really didn't do anything to hinder their team. You know, they did lose, lose Gary Payton Jr., Juan Toscano Anderson. Um, I'm forgetting one guy. But, oh, uh, Damian Bielisa went back. They lost a couple guys, but then they got uh, Dante DiVincenzo. They made a couple moves around the margins. I didn't know if necessarily, like, mattered, but it's another year where they're getting continually better. Their developmental system is off the charts. Wiseman is going to come back. We'll see how he fits. But, I mean, just the consistency that they have over, like, I still think they have another year or two of being really prominent with this, like, old veteran core they have. And that's who even knows, like, what their young core, if they keep Moody, Poole, and Wiseman all together, um, what that could end up materializing into. But, I mean, I think they're really just a really solid, deep squad still, even after losing a couple of their um, – pieces off the bench so yeah um, no yeah the only reason i couldn't put them past the number one team which i obviously we both have is the clippers is because that team is just it loaded load like steve Ballmer has agreed to pay his life away i mean that team yeah. is insanely deep and i mean if john wall plays 70 like no i i pref- let me i said that wrong if he base if he is 50 percent of what he was on the wizards like that team is insane either that way. It's insane. Yeah, either way, him coming off the bench. I mean, the amount of wing depth they have with Kawhi coming back. I mean, they they structured their roster really smartly. They made t- trades um, within, like, and they made, like, and they were able to get some guys like Covington, Norman Powell for a lot cheaper than I think a lot of people thought. And they made trades in, trades in a way that, you know, they're operating, like, just – a million quadzillion dollars over the luxury uh, luxury tax, but Steve Ballmer's uh, willing to pay over it. And honestly, just like elite roster construction. Like there's, in my opinion, there's really like no holes on that roster whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, like it's kind of, I guess I can't really think about it right now, but I don't, the, the whole, only hole that I see is maybe like get big. Yeah. I was about to say backup center is the only hole I see. Cause yeah. I, I'm really high on Zubats. I just don't think, he can be a one and two option for center. I think. No, kinda, yeah. I mean, but the, um, with the amount of wings that they have, they're just interchangeable. Exactly. Switching NBA, like, how much does it really matter? Is like the real exactly question. Like, it doesn't. It may not even like be something that actually matters. But you know, I think Zubac gives him another option. I'm just saying, like, they, you know, he's a pretty average. He's not a bad rim protector, but he's not like an elite one by any sense of the word so i think that they might be missing out on a little rim protection um but like outside of that i mean that team really has no holes so no yeah like it yeah. if there's one team i've ever looked at and just drooled over it's this clippers team this I mean, clippers especially team. in the modern nba the way they've curated like that team's got to have like six or seven just capable three and d wings i mean luke Kennard. i mean of course you know he's not 
like a defender or whatever but i mean he's a guy who can like he's a guy who i would put like in the kind of almost the same vein as like tim hardaway jr in terms of his skill set maybe not on that level but like slightly under that yeah no he's a guy who's probably not even going to see the floor for them and that's that says a lot Uh, he's on a pretty big contract too what'd you say i'm pretty sure he's on a pretty big contract too no yeah yeah he's making a 64 over four so he's getting 16 million a year and probably not even gonna play for the most part except like that like that team is just crazy i wouldn't be surprised i mean depending on where they're at in trade deadline if they're sitting at number one really pretty i could see them making trades just to get some of those guys out so that they can play like i i think that that team is good enough that they're gonna have guys that are gonna start on some of the worser teams uh that aren't even gonna play i mean yeah if they if they are just like you know what let's just make this a perfect roster let's patch our one supposed hole maybe if john wall's not doing near as good as they thought he was reggie jackson's kind of in a shooting slump they get just like one more playmaker and then a rim protector i mean that team legitimately has like zero holes and they have assets on assets and they have, yeah. And they have assets on assets of like veteran wings that they could sub out because they have so many veteran wings already that like, yeah, sure. They can afford to lose one or two of them. Like, yeah. Like that team's, that team's just insane. Like, and they, like, if they're, you know, I I think that this team, in my opinion, is a lot for one, but let's say they're struggling. Let's say golden state's pushing them a little harder, which I think golden state is the only team that can, um, like we just mentioned, that team has assets on assets. They can make trades. They can go out and improve any at any point that they want. Um, the thing about Golden State is Golden State is just loaded with young talent. They're sitting like Clay's going to be fully healthy. Draymond Green, I think he improves uh, like just with his playmaking, and that says a lot. Um, you know how Jordan Poole, I don't know what he's going to do if he starts or comes off the bench. I think Clay honestly kind of moves to the bench, and I hate to say that. Well, I think that. Drew Draymond being removed from the injuries, like, helps him. Yeah, um, exactly. He's like, he'll – I don't think he's going to, like – I mean, I don't, he's not adding anything new to his game or anything. No, like no, that. no. That, and that's not what I meant. I just meant, yeah. like, he's going to improve because, yeah, like, he's coming back fully healthy. Clay's coming back fully healthy. I'm interested to see, interested to see how he does. James Wiseman, I think, can easily take over that starting role over Looney depending on what they want to do with that roster. Kaminga, like, really impressive. Moses Moody, give him minutes, and he's going to be really impressive. Like, this team, that that's a team that, again, could very well push for the number one spot. Yeah, I, I'd say my only hesitancy with, you know, putting the Clippers ahead of the Warriors would be that, you know, if Kawhi's not what he used to be coming off this injury. And if that's the case, then I could see – you know, a definite case for the Warriors to be number one. But, yeah, but the, I feel like the difference between those two teams is, like, both of those two teams still have, like, really – both of them have really good trade assets, right? Yeah. But I think the Clippers in particular, um, they have trade assets more so just to, you know, do some sort of, like, one-for-one trade or – like, they're going to get, you know, back probably an equal talent player who for whoever they're trading out just at a different position. The Warriors could, like, legitimately throw, like, a – package for another star if things are going wrong at the trade deadline they have all the assets yeah no like really they do yeah so yeah those are our uh standing projections um if we even get like three of those 
accurate knowing the sort of fluidity of the NBA season. Things are never how they seem. That's why I like low-key hate these because, I mean, you just never know what's actually going to happen. They're fun to do, though. They are fun to do. We're in the middle of the offseason. Like, why not? Um, So with that, Jaron, do you want to go ahead and get into the uh, most likely two questions? Yeah, let's Dallas Mavs roster. Let's go ahead and get into it. So Uh I am, I have, I don't have notes or anything on this. I just have a website pulled up and I am pulling questions from this website. So keep in mind, some of these might be really stupid. Um, And I I, I might pause a little bit because I'm looking for an answer. Uh, Okay. Um, I guess this one, who's most likely to win a Nobel Peace Prize? (laughs) And they're stupid, by the way. So, okay. Um, I think it's a close call between Dwight Powell and Reggie Bullock. I think, you know, Dwight coming out of Stanford, I think, and he's always been really helpful in the community. I think Dwight just seems like the type to like actually like invent something that would like aid in, you know, winning a Nobel Peace Prize versus like, whereas like Reggie is like more so just supportive in the community and so, you know, some of the certain things he supports. So I think I'd probably go with Dwight because I feel like he'd actually like do something like crazy, like scientific or like and proactive to like win something like that. But, you know, like Reggie might win the Nobel Peace Prize for like um, just sort of like his assistance to, you know, certain um, groups and organizations and things like that. I guess that would be the best way I'd answer that. Yeah, yeah. No, like, mine's between those two people. I think either one could win. I like how we're, like, actually debating this. Um, but <laughs> It shows, I, like, how, how knee-deep – oh, bad voice, Greg. How knee-deep we are into the offseason right now. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, my pick would be Dwight Powell, so. Yeah, no, that's right. what I'd probably go with at the end of the day. What's the next question? Who is most likely – I think I think that there's a – a dark horse pick here, but who's most likely to dye their hair green? Well, isn't Reggie Bullock's hair already technically green? Like exactly, bit? yeah. So, yeah. So I think it'd have to be him. Money. See, my my pick. I'm gonna go with Josh Green. I think really. I I his, Australia. They have green in their flag, and that's why I think he dyes his hair and green because his last name's green, or just and green. oh yeah, and his last. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh his my god. <laughs> his last name is green too that's funny all right um i guess who's the stand-up comedian on this roster theo penson easy yeah okay that yeah that was pretty easy uh let me look oh i wasn't figured that would be answered that quick all right who's most likely to a grammy is uh is that music uh, we do not watch these award shows, so we do apologize for the older audience <laughs> out there that is absolutely shaming us right now. Probably, um, I I think that um, yeah, and then Grammy the, Grammys is the music. Oscar Oscars like for movies, so yeah, Grammys music, yeah. Okay, yeah. So who who would win a Grammy? Man, after seeing the you yes, know sir. Luca with Mickey Milane and his sing along thing with Dirk, and all the songs being made about him and Luca being a pianist today for those who didn't. Oh see yeah, he actually. <laughs> yes, I think it would have to be him. Yeah, see, I, he's I thought 
I, I okay, I, I could agree with Luca, but I'm gonna go with Reggie Bullock. Did you see his uh hot fire single that he released today? That wait, Reggie Bullock, <laughs> Reggie Bullock released music today. Yes, he did. I think it was today. Yeah. Oh wow! What, what platform was this on? I did not see this. I don't know. I saw it on Twitter earlier. No, oh, we'll have to listen to that. Um, maybe that we'll make that the new intro for the pod instead. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, we literally just said it. Who's gonna win an Oscar? An Oscar? Yeah. Man. Um, Luca because of his flopping ability. <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking. Uh, <laughs> like actually. Um. Man, that's tough. Yeah, Maxi definitely has the looks to do it. Yeah. Um, if Bobon was still on the roster, he'd easily be him. Mm. I could see Tim in like some sort of like, I don't know what the TV show awards are called. Is that like the Emmys? I I, I don't know if that's like, but I I could see Tim like playing some sort of like stern role as a movie character. I don't know. Like I I th- I could see him winning it. I don't know why. Tim, like a part of me wants to say Luca because obvious reasons, but (laughs) (laughs) um, see, I could see Spencer Dinwiddie getting like okay, yeah, I could see if if they ever made like a third, um, what do you call it? It Jesus, I can't think of the name. Um, Orcha? No, 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 no. It's a basketball movie. Why can I not think of it where they get trapped in the thing? Uh, like Mike? No, not like. No. Um, <laughs> literally, LeBron just made it. Oh, Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, Space Jam. Yeah, okay. I could see him being the uh, one of the point guards in that. Oh, yeah. No, okay. I could see that. Um, um, what's your... Uh, here, I'll, I'll throw one at you. Okay, cool. Thank you. Okay. Um, which Maverick, because I put this on Twitter, which Maverick would you pick to host a game show? All right, so this is a pretty easy question for me. You know, there's one guy on this team that I think is just too charismatic, and that's Theo Pinson. No, I 100% agree, but I saw one listener on Twitter bring up Luca, and I think that would be really interesting, especially in like a – I think just in like – if he was doing like an English TV show, he'd have like some like weird awkward silences, but he'd still like make it funny. If he was doing like a Slovenian or Spanish um, game show, right? If, if I mean, I'm sure those do exist. I just you know haven't like really watched many of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure Luca could like really carry on that. Um, let's go ahead and do one more question. Um, what do you got? Yeah. So. Who on this Mavs roster is most likely to be the best at 2K? Oh, that's tough. I feel like it might be like Jaden Hardy. Like one of the okay. guys that I actually like played a lot growing up and was like played with more of like the newer Gen 2K. Because I know like Luca, you know, never really liked the new Gen 2K as much. I don't know. I could see it being like somebody like that. What do you think? Yeah, okay. So you actually like got me thinking about my question now. It was gonna be Dorian, and I still think it might be Dorian. Um I might have to go. Well, no, I gotta go with Josh Green because you know Josh Green in the summer league. That's what I gotta go with. Josh Green in the summer. Wait, oh, you know, just because he's like 
he he's not there. Well, games. I guess yeah. he was here this year, but he has all that time to play video games. Exactly. It's just like the one um contract clause. Um <laughs> oh is it I, who is this with? Uh, it's Kyler Murray, I think. No, oh yeah, it's Kyler Murray with Black Ops 3. Yeah, and yeah. He, yeah, and then so he has to like study game film with specific ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's funny. You know, I that's just a joke, of course. We don't but um yeah. I think it would be like either one of the younger guys, so either Jaden Hardy or Josh Green. Maybe maybe Theo Pinson in there. Yeah, he looked he might be baller at it. I can see him challenging like everybody on the roster only to get to <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, um, so yeah, that wraps it up for the um the most likely two questions. We just wanted to nail out something fun about the rest of the pod since you know it's just kind of the dog days of the of August right now. We're not gonna have many days like this where we just kind of dish out little fun things. So we'll do a couple more of these as we have some um more kind of days where there's no news to talk about. We'll have some more of these uh, more like funner type pods, if you will. But anyways, before we get off today, um, there was some actual slight Mavericks news today. Um, it wasn't too big of news. We didn't really mention it at the beginning of the pod, but Matt Picardi, um, I believe, or is it Riccardi? Let me. I, I think it's a Riccardi. Like Matt, yeah, Matt, Matt Riccardi, yes, who worked as a um, scout, I believe, in the Nets front office and helped with um, a lot of the um, players over the last couple of years that they drafted. Um, being Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton. Um, he's just found some like good talent right outside the first. Um, that's kind of outside that late first round, you know, not even the best picks necessarily, like late first round, early second round. He's found a few gems and he actually got hired to a senior front office role by the Mavericks today. So, you know, not really anything big, but if it helps the Mavericks take the draft more seriously and, you know, just have more of a just understanding that that's a key part of team building a little bit better, even though I, I doubt it makes like too much of a difference, then, Hey, I'm all here for it because the Mavericks have, you know, like objectively neglect, uh, neglected the draft for, I don't know, like this last like decade and a half. So, I mean, besides getting Luca, obviously, so, and Jalen Brunson. So, um, you know, who knows what Jaden Hardy's going to turn out to be, obviously, but, um, you know, the Mavericks have had their fair share of bats in the NBA draft and not yeah. taking seriously. So could this be a step in the right direction? Who knows? But it's definitely uh, not something to complain about. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, a little bit of a Woj bomb, if you consider that. I guess for Mavs fans it was. So Yes, Jaren Jaren was hyping it up to me, and I – was at the well, time every I, I, saw, I just saw Woj bomb DM and I was like, oh no, here it goes. <laughs> I was expecting something ha- hype to happen, but then I just checked my phone and it's that. I'm like, oh, thanks. Well, as as Maz fans do, they uh pretty much I guess I, I wouldn't even I hate to say overhyping it because I mean it is a good signing, or I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. Um, addition to the front office. Addition, yeah, okay. Addition to the front office. Um, but yeah, they were a lot of guys. A lot of people were going crazy um, over this. Yeah. So I don't know if that was just like some like fake fanfare to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, poke fun at uh, like little is happening in the off season right now, <laughs> or, like, or what? But it was it was really funny to see. At at this point, all power to them. Yeah, all power to them. 
Yeah, and then, you know, with that being said, um, that's going to wrap it up for today, guys. We'll be back on Monday night. Uh, so, you'll, I guess, Tuesday morning is when the next pod will come out. And um, we do appreciate you guys for listening to us today. Sorry if we took some, like, frequent pauses and stuff. It's really late at night that we're recording this one today. So if you made it this far in the pod, we do appreciate you. Give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to. Um, like, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all our main platforms. And with that being said, Mainstream Mavs signing out. Peace.